0: you turn to Isaiah chapter 40, is this on? I didn't touch it. We're good? Okay. Isaiah chapter 40, and as you turn there, how many of you have ever swam in the ocean? Swam in the ocean? Two oceans. Two oceans. I guess I could say three. Well, I didn't really swim in the Arctic. I, I just put my feet in it, and I, reg- I regret putting my feet in the Arctic Ocean. Um, growing up in California, going to the beach was something we would do often, although our family liked to go off hours where there wasn't as many people. We also liked to go during the winter, which also um, very off hours. The water was very cold. But I remember for my, uh, one of my birthdays, we, uh, my parents asked me, where do you want to go for your birthday? I was like, I wanted to go, and there's a specific beach called Pismo Beach where I wanted to go. And I liked it because it, it wasn't a real famous, popular beach, but it had really nice white sand, so we could always find this corner where there wasn't really a lot of people around. And so we were there, and it was all my friends and cousins, and it was lots of fun. And uh, one of the things I liked to do was go out, uh, walk out a ways, and we called it Crashing the Waves. So the waves would come up, and we'd try to dive through the waves. So it was something my dad liked to do. And I wasn't allowed to do it, and I was too young. I had to wait till my dad said I was st- uh, strong enough of a swimmer. Then I could go out and do it with him. So sure enough, uh, we got done eating. We, we were playing games, and it was time to go out and go into the, on, into the water. And it was lots of fun. There was a bunch of us out there. It was actually pretty crowded that day, too. And so we were out there on the beach, and we were, uh, the waves would come up real high, and we'd try to swim through it and crash, and uh, we were just having fun. Now, in the, in the ocean, there's always some dangers you have to be careful with, right? And accidents in the ocean don't happen as often as like, you know, automobile accidents and those things. But there's you know, some things you gotta be, you got to be careful of. One of them is animals, you know, sharks, which they don't really come up on shore that often. But sharks, a uh, growing concern now is actually large uh, schools of jellyfish that actually get close to shore. And so you got to be careful about jellyfish, uh, and perhaps other things as well. Uh, but one of the biggest dangers is, well, the other second biggest danger is just waves themselves. They have these things, I think they call them the double wave where a wave will come up and you'll smash through it, you know, and then as I'm a little guy too, I was probably about 12 when this story took place and you know you're spinning around in the water and then you come back up and then a second wave might land on you. That's where trouble could come. You haven't had time to catch your breath. But the biggest concern about beachgoers is the undertow, they call it. Are you familiar with this term, the undertow? Or sometimes they call it the undercurrent, where you have the waves pushing you to shore, but underneath you is, in the opposite direction, the water current is pulling you out to sea. And if you get too far out, that undercurrent becomes much stronger than the waves coming in, and you could easily get sucked out to sea. And it's something you just have to be aware of. And I remember I we went through some training, not really training courses, but there's some uh, there are some techniques that you can learn and if you do accidentally get sucked out to sea, there are some ways for you to be able to get back to shore. First one is don't panic. Uh, the second one is conserve energy. And the third is sw- if when you're swimming back to shore, don't swim directly back to the beach, but swim diagonally with, with the waves. That way, you're going the waves are still carrying you, but you're not hitting the undercurrent directly. and swimming diagonally helps. Well, anyway, I'm about 11 or 12, and we're out there playing. there's a bunch of us We're crashing waves. and now the problem is my dad's six foot one, so he's standing out all the way where the water's up to his neck, and the waves are crashing him. Well, I want to be out there with my dad. I'm not six foot one. I've actually, believe it or not, I've never hit six foot one before. I'm still striving to be like my father. I'm out there, and I'm waiting. I, I weigh maybe 80 pounds or something. I don't know what I weigh. I'm, I'm out there. And my dad's standing, he's having a good time. I'm waiting, and I'm still having fun with the waves. Well, because my feet aren't on the ground, I'm, the water slowly starts carrying me away, so then I have to swim back to my dad. Well, after a few minutes of just having fun, I kind of look up and I realize, oh, wow, I'm actually pretty far from my group. I'm, I'm actually up against a whole other party right now. Well, I, uh, you know, I see this big wave coming, so I kind of swim out to it, and then, um, Something happened where I really I felt some extra cold water under my feet start to rush. And I didn't know what it was at the time. This big wave came and I enjoyed the wave and it kind of pushed me underwater. And then I could feel myself something pushing me out to see. And I, at this point, I was pretty far out. I'm light. The water can just carry me anywhere it wants to. And so I, the wave was pretty big. I come up. And I look, and I'm pretty far from the, from the shoreline. And I was already far from my parents and my whole cousins, and they're way down there now. The group I had bumped into now, I was way out in front of them. And I kind of turn around, and I'm, I'm out here too far. <laughs> so the first thing I do is I stay cool and calm. That's not what I did. The first thing I did is I panicked. I realized I, you know, there's probably a shark just waiting for a 90 pound kid to get swallowed and see, he's gonna eat me. So I, I panic, and the water's much colder out here. And I know because I've, I kind of go through these courses when you're, when you're swimming out on the beach, the shoreline slowly starts to go away, go down and then it drops off. And that's the part you don't wanna get to. And I just knew I was at that point, or at least I told myself I was. So I'm panicking and I'm starting to get really tired because I've been waiting the whole time. My dad's been standing, you know, in the water, but I've been trying to keep myself up. So I'm tired and all I knew is swim back to shore diagonal, swim back to shore diagonal. That's all I knew. There's a technique you can use as well, and luckily I weighed nothing at that time. There's a technique where you could swim basically on top of the water. Heavier people have trouble with this. They tend to sink, and they have trouble swimming. While I was light, I could get myself on top of the water, and I could just try to ride the wave as best as I could. So I'm swimming diagonal, and at first, it feels like nothing's happening. And about, after about two or three minutes of this, I'm really starting to get tired. Because first of all, I'm scared just drains you, right? And second, I'm scared, and scared drains you. And third, I am terrified, uh, so I'm, I'm swimming, and at one point, I remember just closing my eyes, just putting my head in the water, and just, just swimming, and just saying, Lord, just get me to shore, that's all I want, just get me to shore, and sure enough, I just kept my eyes closed, I just kept swimming, I'd pick up, make sure I was going, going in the right direction, and before you know it, I could feel sand on my feet, before, I know you guys didn't think I was going to make it. But I didn't make it. Uh, I, I eventually, the sand hit my feet, and I was rejoicing. <laughs> I was so happy, and I, I, I like a you know, like a shipwreck survivor, I get to the, to the, the sand, I just, <laughs> I just fall. I'm, my arms are just so tired. I'm shaking. I'm scared. And by this point, I'm pretty far from any, all of my friends and family. They're way down there. They have no idea where I am. They don't even care. They're, it's my birthday, by the way, and they don't care. I'm now like in front of these other kids that are around me playing, and mommy, mommy, there's a boy on the ground, and, but nobody, nobody knows, right? So I finally get up and I stretch back to the the to the uh, party, and sure enough, nobody knew I was gone. So I sit down there, my mom's eating, and I'm sh- I'm shaking, and I just I try to explain to my mom what just happened, and she's like, oh, that's nice, honey. Do you want any food to eat? Like I don't think I don't think I explained it well enough she didn't really know what I just went through and even to this day I bring it up to her and she says I just made the whole story up maybe I did I don't know but I, I remember the story I remember getting pulled out the sea and I remember thinking one thing don't or well, the one thing I was thinking was I'm scared I was thinking I'm tired and at one point I was thinking I don't know if I could make it We're in Isaiah chapter 40, and before we read this passage, the Bible says in in Proverbs 24.10, the Bible says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. This whole concept of feeling faint, feeling weary, feeling tired, is something that we're all going to experience at one point, some of us multiple, multiple times throughout our life. And at different levels, well, have different levels of feeling faint, and there are maybe periods of life where we feel completely exhausted. But we know from Proverbs 24.10, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. We know from this verse that it is not in God's intention that we feel so faint that we just can't move on. It is not God's intention that we fail. God wants us to succeed in life. You read in Hebrews, you know that God won't put you in a situation that you can't get yourself out of. That's too great for you. So fainting is not something in God's design. He doesn't want us to get to a point where we faint. I didn't realize this, but the word faint or fainteth is used 45 times in the Bible. Different scriptures from New Testament stories to Isaiah to the New Testament And that's not including words like weariness, discouraged, or tired. There's hundreds and hundreds of situations in the scriptures where people felt faint. They just didn't quite have enough to keep going. Fainting or or weariness is something we all encounter through life. And the Bible here in Isaiah chapter 40 makes it clear that there's a distinction between the older and the younger in their level of faintness and what they might faint from. And this varies from person to person. Someone that keeps themselves in shape, you know, who eats relatively well. They're they're older, you may get pushed off a bit. You know, you may be able to keep your problem a little bit longer in life. And maybe for you, older is, you know, in your late 30s or 40s, there are people who have um, health issues who aren't able to eat and properly exercise as well, they may hit that older stage a little bit sooner than others. But whatever it is in life, I know this, that we're all either younger or older, per se. I was looking up the age. What is uh, the prime of your life? You know, some people say, I'm in my prime. What is prime? Well, it varies from person to person. It also depends on what you're talking about you're talking about basketball, they say your prime age is somewhere between 23 and 40. that varies, of course. Some people lose their prime earlier, some people hit their prime later. Interesting, there's a sport called table tennis. You've heard of this. Table tennis's prime is actually much younger, and they say the average pro is between the age of 18 to 25, although there are some, as we progress in now we're in 2022, there are some pros in there that are 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. And the reason ping pong's prime is so much lower is because of the need, the, the intense reflex that is required to hit. And when you're looking at it from a, when you're watching people who don't know how to play ping pong play, you, you know, you don't, you don't, you won't understand this. But if you go to, if you watch ESPN pro full tennis players, it just blows you away—the speed and the agility. You're able to have, and even by age 26, you're start, you're you're an old ping pong player. You're an old table tennis player. I think it's table. Ten- don't say ping pong, right? It's table tennis. Pastor White, he's he's a table tenniser, or or back in back in your when you in your prime, in his prime, he still is. Just he's just a little past his prime. We all anyway. Now, as we consider this word, faint, There's one thing I want us to get something clear here. Let's go to our passage. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not. Neither is weary. There is no searching of its understanding. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases the strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. As we consider fainting here today, let's uh, just open with a quick word of prayer. And as we study this word, faint. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for this passage And the other passages we're going to look at help us to get a better understanding of what it means to faint and perhaps even a better way of how we could avoid it happening in our life. Lord bless us now we pray in your name. Amen. This is an extensive study that I've narrowed it down. But I want us to understand something as we begin the word faint is that God doesn't faint. God, God can't. In verse twenty-eight, How thou so not known? how thou so not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fain'teth not, neither is weary. We serve a God that is strong, strongest. That is, we get our strength from God. We serve a God that keeps the earth spinning. Times we call it the law of gravity, and people try to argue. Evolutionists, especially, you know, a law of gravity. Where did this law come from? They say it comes from evolution. No, the law came from God. God said gravity. <laughs> that's the law. are from God, and God is up in heaven keeping the. And God never sleeps. He never. He, he's never faints. We, is all powerful, and that is important to know, because when we feel faints, we could always go to somebody who has the strength to keep us going. If you're faints and you go to somebody else who's feeling faints and you say, "Can you can you carry me? Can you help me?" They're going to say, "No, can you carry me?" No, but I asked you first. Yeah, but I can't. Well, I need you to. You go to somebody who has the strength to carry you. God will not faint. But it transitions now in verse 29. It says, "He giveth power to the faints." And to them that have no might, he increases strength. And then verse 30, it transitions to the youth. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. So in verse 29, I see here, we're going to look at, this is my point number one here, is the older faints. The older faints. He giveth power, verse 29, to the faint. There are different reasons why people feel faints, or they faints. And I could give you stories about me and needles, but I'll keep right intact for now, and we'll skip those for now. But when we have somebody older versus somebody younger, now they, we could all faint for the exact same reasons, and, and I'm going to talk about that later on. But if you look here in verse 20, there's a very specific difference here between verses 29 and verse 30. Because there's one thing that... A youth generally has over somebody who's much older than them. Verse 29, it, he says, "He giveth power to the faint. The older faint oftentimes because, first of all, for lack of ability, or lack of if you will. they oftentimes don't have the strength that they used to have. They still have strength. <laughs> Today, in Joshua chapter 14, I read the story of Caleb. Caleb, 85 years old, who says, Joshua, God God promised me that we could have this portion of Israel. Now give me this mountain. Caleb was by far the oldest person, him and Joshua. And Caleb, at 85 years old, said, give me a sword. I'll go take those guys out. So this varies from person to person, no doubt. But oftentimes, the older you get, you start to lose that ability, that power That strength that you once had. This reminds me of a story in 2 Samuel. If you could turn there really quick. Look at 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 21. Now if there's one king of Israel that I would say had strength, had vigor, had power. If I had to say choose one king of Israel, I mean I I would probably immediately just think of King David. Though he was smaller... King David now, but King David now getting older in years. Look at 2 Samuel 21, verse 15. It says, Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. And David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. And Ishbionab, which was one of the sons of the giants, the giant the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zuri succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the lights of Israel. So here's mighty King David realizing... I'm old now. I can't, I can't do what I used to be able to do. David was actually out in the battle fighting. Other, he wasn't just up on a hill watching his people fight. Be, otherwise, this guy wouldn't have got as close as he did. David was actually out on the battle. At, and before his men said, David, stop. We, we need you. You're the light of Israel. We need you to keep, stay alive. And as we, the older we get, the, sometimes we start to, you know, they, some people say, I must be getting I can't remember anything anymore. Or I must be getting old, I can't lift that anymore. Or I get sore quick. And little things in our life that just sort, start to remind us that we may not be quite as young as we used to be. Oftentimes when we start to, the older we get, we can sometimes become weary and faint just because we don't know what we used to have and sometimes it could be illnesses it could be something internal it could be something out of our hands that cause us to need to cling to God the one who can give us that strength it's in moments it's God that we need to go to sometimes though the those older could feel faint for of lack, of, uh, lack of power. They could also feel faint for lack of effort. Lack of effort. and Man, when we were young, when we were strong, we could conquer the world. We could pretty much do anything. And then as life goes on, as things progress, as uh, mileage gets put behind us, we, it's very common for us to start our motivation, if you will, or the motivation that we once had. It's hard sometimes, I know I'm still, to a lot of people I'm still, a lot of people I'm now considered old, but it's, I could say that when I was in college, there were some things that I could certainly push through I didn't need to sleep as much. I, I, well actually I did need to sleep, <laughs> but I I could let sleep, I should say. I could do the things that I that I most certainly couldn't do now. And sometimes you start to lose strength, lose, you know, that or you start to lose these things. Also something you start losing is motivation. And oftentimes this results in laziness or apathy. And this happens with young people, too, of course. But I don't know if you, motivation is essential to success. It's essential. If you really want to get good grades in school, but you, you're you not motivated to do it, are you going to get good grades in school? I mean, there are those random, those, those people. Drove me up the wall. He never studied, he never did anything, he was staying out late, he was always, uh, and, and, and he could walk into a Greek class, which you can't do, but he walks in the class, and we're all feverishly studying for midterm, and this is our first midterm of the week. He walks in and goes, oh, midterms are today, and he was just distraught. He's like, oh, no, and he's, he's running at me, and I'm like, yeah, finally, finally, it's him. Finally, he's going to get a B or whatever. And he's, he's freaking out. You know, he's grabbing my cards. I was like, no, man, sorry. This is, you had your chance. I saw you, what you were doing last night. You had your chance, and I'm studying. And, man, I was studying all, I was ready for this. And I got a B minus in Greek, and I was super happy. I was excited. And my roommate got an A minus, and he didn't study. He, he's just one of those guys, right? And you him, you wouldn't like him either, okay? It's not just me. So we have some people like that, but for the rest of us, right now the Olympics are going on. Stories of how these people—you know—the hard work they put through, that some for some of them the years and years of training, and the window to be an Olympic Olympian—it's small. You never get a chance to go to, the Olympics, to go to the Olympics again. Motivation is absolutely essential. Sometimes. get up to, to every single day, hours and hours a day, to work on their craft, to, or for some people, to work on their, their careers or their grades or these assignments. They would never get to where they are without motivation. And sometimes when we get older, or just life happens to us, and you know how it is, you just you lose that motivation. At the beginning of the school, you're motivated, and then a few weeks later... <laughs> uh, that motivation starts to slowly drain from you. When we lack motivation, when we lack that effort, that's when we need to cry out to God for help. Look in verse 30 in Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 30, the Bible says, Even the youth shall faint and be weary. See, there's an, there's an emphasis here. In verse 29, as if the verse is specific to those a bit older because what does he give them? He gives them power. He gives them strength. But notice he doesn't give those to the youths in verse 30 because they have power. They have strength. They have that vigor, you know, that, that, that wiriness that uh, we all perhaps once had at one time. All God says about them in verse 30 is that they're going to faint. They're going to, even, even the young people, in their strength, in their might, will faint. And if I could say this, uh, one reason that those of us younger might faint is because of a lack of wisdom. A lack of wisdom. They have the strength. They have stamina. But they lack the wisdom to keep the pace in life. I remember when I was about 17, 18 years old, I was invited by my friend to go on this hike. It was a hike, and the people that invited me, one was my friend who was about a year older than me, he was about 18 or 19, and he says, hey, there's uh, Brother Ellsworth and Brother Anderson, they want to take us on a hike. And these guys, we were pretty close to them, they were actually... They were pushing, they had to have been in their 50s or close to their 50s. They were older guys, but one of them worked the sound booth at the church. The other one, was just, he was like the assistant youth director, and they were just really. Fun. And they wanted the two of us to go on a hike with them. And I thought, okay, great. And I, I thought, they're in their 50s, you know, this is just, just going to be a stroll in the park. So obviously, you already know where I'm going. So they pick us up, and I should have known off the bat that. don't get up at 5 a.m. It just doesn't happen. Uh, So 5 a.m. comes around, and I'm telling you, 4.59, they're honking outside my door. And who wakes up? My dad wakes up, and he's angry, because I forgot to tell him that they were coming so early. And he's yelling at me. I was was still dead asleep. So not not a good day for me. We get in the car, and we're driving, and then two guys are reminding me the life that they used to live when they were in the military. These guys are ex-military, and 459, they were there. I should have known, they're in their 50s, and they're still in prime shape. I mean, they, they look like they, they could be 18. And we're going to this hike, and he's explaining to me the hike that to do. He's like, OK, uh, did your friend Joe tell you what we're doing? I was like, he told me nothing. He's like, all right, well, you're going to die. <laughs> so we're going to this hike. It's, it's supposed to be a hike where you hike up the mountain, and then you spend the night. You enjoy the, the views, you enjoy the scenery, and then the next morning you hike back down. He said, but it's Saturday, and tomorrow's church. I run the youth ministry, and he runs the sound booth ministry, and you guys you know, have to be in church, so we have to be back tonight. So we're going to hike up there. We're going to take a few pictures, sip some Gatorade, and we're going to come back. So it's, uh, it was 11 kilometers up and it's 11 kilometers down. So 22 kilometers doesn't seem like a whole lot, but this is a hike, it's not flat ground, it's gradual, and then the last six kilometers is, is this massive incline. The distance itself wasn't as bad of an issue for me. It was the pace is what killed me. Because these 50 year old they could have been 100 years old for all I cared. I could not, for the life of me, I could not keep pace with them. My friend, Joe, who's a year older, he was on the football team, and he was in a little bit better shape than I was. And I used to, I would jog every morning, thought I was gonna be fine. And once we, the foot set ground, I just, I couldn't. And they were in the military, they were not gonna stop for me. And they told me they weren't gonna stop for me. They was like, if you can't keep up, then you just keep walking on this trail, and we'll just come back. And on our way back, to, we can we just go back to the car. And I was like, I am gonna make it up this hill. I'm gonna make up this mountain. So I struggle, I struggled. And I'm I probably about 20 minutes behind, uh, maybe even more. They get up to the hill, and my friend Joe was behind too. He was probably five, exactly with them. So I I finally get up the hill, and you know how it is. My everything is just it's not feeling. Good. And I find, and they're already ate, they've already eaten, they are already like they've already relaxed, they've already got their breather. And he's like, all right, we're gonna leave and. So I I quickly open up my food and I eat it, and I'm making a long story short, I I had strength, I had you know the the vigor whatever I had the motivation to finish and I had all that stuff, but I lacked wisdom. I didn't know what I was getting into. I would have prepared way different. I didn't I wasn't mentally prepared for what was about to happen to me. I didn't bring the prop. I brought one small water bottle. I didn't bring any snacks or food. Uh, they told me they had my meal for me. I, I wasn't prepared. I was destined. And it, on the back, I asked Brother Ellsworth, I was like, how come your son isn't with us? And he and I were the same age. His son is 17. And he was like, oh, oh, my son couldn't handle this. <laughs> and had I known that story, I wouldn't have come. Because <laughs> I didn't know it take a 50-year-old to be able to do this. And sometimes we're younger, and we have strength, we have vigor, but we don't know how to, we, we don't know how to, sometimes ourselves in life we think we could just tackle on the world and we just bring as much stuff on us as possible because we're young we could take it we could handle it even though we may even have examples in in our past where we couldn't handle it where we couldn't take it but we don't learn from those mistakes we just we keep going and we keep making mistakes and you know what you could have you want in the world you could have all the vigor you want but if you don't if you lack the proper wisdom you're going to find yourself Fainting, even as a young person. Fainting, where your stamp is—it's been zapped from you. Sometimes the younger can faint because of lack of wisdom. They could also faint because of a lack of. Stay on this topic for very long, because Proverbs twenty verse twenty nine says it all. Twenty verse twenty nine says the glory of young men is their strength and the beauty of old men is the gray head is the gray head young men young people we really we don't have a lot of wisdom right we're young so the really only thing we have going for us is our strength is the fact that we're young and we and a lot of times young people know that we're we have more strength than those older than us well, we know we do and the old know that they that they don't have as much strength as perhaps the younger but they have something way more important than we do they have wisdom and if we if a young person could have the wisdom of the elderly and the strength of the young imagine what we could actually do for god this is where it's important for somebody that is young to be trained properly by somebody who has wisdom and to listen to them but so many of us young people we we have that strength but we don't lack the humility to be taught. And we just march on with our own thing, our own wisdom. Uh, my dad yeah, my dad's old. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't remember what it was like to, to be me. And we march on and we don't listen to those around us. And we find ourselves with all our pride welled up inside, stumbling and falling and crawling through life. Because we didn't listen to those around us. Fainting is something that we all struggle with. We all, if we're not careful, we could find ourselves down on our knees, even like the prodigal son who thought he was young enough and smart enough to go through life, and yet he found himself faint for lack of hunger. Whether you're elderly, whether you're younger, fainting is something that can happen to each and every one of us. There are other reasons in the scriptures, and we're not going to look at them, that you could you could find yourself fainting. Uh, In 1 Samuel 14, we see that David and his men fainted for lack of, or not David, sorry, Jonathan and Israel was fainted for a lack of self-care because King Saul made this crazy decree that nobody could eat food until the things are destroyed. So, Saul's son Jonathan, he wasn't there when Saul gave this command, and Jonathan comes walking in, and he sees some honey on a on a honeycomb, I guess. And he eats it. And the people are like, no, no, not eat that. Saul says you, we can't eat until so the Philistines. Jonathan's like, what? <laughs> but we need food to kill the Philistines. Jonathan had to go up to his dad, and his dad wouldn't back down. And the Bible says that the people were sore faints that, they, uh, that they, would, they weren't able to proceed. And sometimes we could find ourselves being faint because we don't take care of ourselves. We don't eat properly. We don't, we don't have that proper schedule. And there's a whole bunch of things that we could talk about. And if we don't take care of ourselves, we could find ourselves burning out. And I could tell you personal stories, not me personally, but people close to me who have been doing great things for God and just forgot to take care of themselves. And they found themselves burnt out burnt out in the ministry burnt out for the Lord sometimes we could faint because of fear uh, Joshua chapter 2 Joshua is they're getting ready to go conquer Jericho so Joshua sends in two spies uh, and they ended up getting saved by the harlot Rahab and they're talking to Rahab and, they're, and Rahab is saying oh we know who you, you guys are and this is her statement she says unto them you know that the Lord hath given you Terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Jericho, this mighty city, was scared to death of Israel. So scared that they, they were faints, and will stop them from doing anything. It's become so crippled by fear that it makes us faint. Not just, not just me. That, but we could also faint for because we severe stress. I know I've given you a bunch of small points. Um, in First Samuel 30, we see that King David, on his way back from war, he sees, all, he sees the city of Ziklag completely consumed in fire. All the women, the children, their possessions had been carried away captive. And the Bible says that they were sore faints, that they lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. But here's the point. We go through life and we can feel faint. We can feel weary. We can feel discouraged. We can feel tired. Sometimes it's from pride's sake. Sometimes it's from a lack of wisdom. Sometimes it's just because we just don't have the strength we used to and we lose that motivation to keep going at times. Sometimes it's because we don't take care of ourselves. Sometimes we just, we just, we're Sometimes we're just so severely stressed with the grind of life that we just can't go on anymore. We're swimming, if you will, to shore. We got caught in the undertow of, the, of, of, of whatever may bring us out to being faint. We're, we're swimming, trying to get back to God. And it's in this moment where Isaiah 40, verse 31 comes. If you wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their, your strength. You'll mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. No matter what stage of life we're in, we must always remember to wait upon the Lord for for strength. Even if you're young and you have strength, you still need God's strength to get you through the trial of life because your strength is not good. And... There's really an advantage to, in some cases, to not having the strength of others. To having even, as Paul would say, Paul had this, uh, and constantly reminded him that he needs God's strength to keep going. We can try to go through life with our intellect that we think is superior and our strength that we think is great. End, we will fail without the strength of God in our life. And God comes to us by asking. There's so much to be said about this this topic of fainting, but just wanted to close with this one thought: When your strength is small, wait upon the Lord. Thank you for watching the message today.